Let's imagine for a moment that you are one of the 11 disciples having a picnic with Jesus, who then gets to witness his being ascended skyward up through the clouds. Just a moment ago, he was telling you something. Now, looking upward, you watch the bottom of his sandals disappear out of sight. Imagine your posture standing there on the Mount of Olives, cupping your eyes with your hands, your jaw hanging, completely overwhelmed. Then glancing to your right, there are a pair of strangers. Actually, scratch that. Angels, dressed in gleaming white, who are staring at you just as hard as you've been staring up. They ask, Men of Galilee, why are you looking up there? This very Jesus will return, just like he went. You and the others look at each other, look at the angels, look at each other, and then start walking back down the hill. You are returning to the same upper room from which you came, though none of you need speak about it. What are you thinking about as you walk back down the Mount of Olives? What does one think of having just experienced an ascension? There's a fearful thrill in having just seen something so extraordinary, isn't there? Or maybe one's mind just goes blank, given the shock of it. Well, Let's imagine that having been with Jesus so long, having been witness to everything we call the gospel, that you are thoughtful enough to be thinking of something. Let's imagine you're winding your way back down the Mount of Olives, crossing the narrow Kidron stream, thinking of particular words of his. These are words you recollect from the Thursday night before his death. These were spoken 72 hours before you saw him again, resurrected. Now that you think about it, these words were only spoken 43 nights before this day. I mean, what, what a crowded seven weeks it's been. Well, on that ominous Thursday night, Jesus, sitting in the same upper room to which you are now returning, had had this to say to all of you. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way where I am going. I am the way, and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also from now on. You know him, and have seen him. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly. I say to you, he who believes in me, 
the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. You heard that I said to you, I go away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced. For I go to the Father and the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes to pass, so that when it comes to pass, you may believe. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If you abide in me, and my word abides in you, ask whatever you wish, and it shall be done for you. By this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. Until now, you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be made full. These things I have spoken to you in figurative language. An hour is coming when I will speak no more to you in figurative language, but will tell you plainly of the Father. And in that day, you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I will request the Father on your behalf, For the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me, and have believed that I came forth from the Father. I came forth from the Father, and have come into the world. I am leaving the world again, and going to the Father. These are just some of the words you recollect, walking back down the trail, over the stream, up the opposite slope, and into the city of Jerusalem. Together, you and the ten now wind your way through the busy streets of the city, back to the upper room, and climb its outside stairs and enter its interior. All the others have been waiting for you there. They look around you, past you, trying to see where Jesus is. Confusion comes over their faces, not seeing him. You try your best to explain what has happened. Everyone's face has approximately the same look. You take a seat at the long table in the middle of the room. The questions and confusion eventually die down around you. The room becomes still. Someone opens a pair of windows on opposite sides of the space. A lovely afternoon breeze blows through. 
you sit very, very still and are thinking to yourself. At some point, someone says, uh, shall we pray? Everyone closes their eyes. Each is composing his or her spirit. O God, a voice begins praying. O Almighty God, O God of all ages, who hast been our strength since before all time, we beseech you to have mercy upon us and to hear our prayers. We come before you as the unworthy servants of your most ancient covenant. In a similar vein, and with the same tone and same droning sort of ritualistic approach to God, the prayer and the prayer continue on. You yourself have stopped listening to the words almost entirely. You are thinking instead of the look on his face, the smile in his eyes, the words on his lips in those moments before he was swept skyward. You are hearing again the echoing of those words he'd spoken on that Thursday night. Certain phrases are rising again into your focused consciousness. You know the way where I am going. No one comes to the Father but through me. Greater works than these shall you do, because I go. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do. If you abide in me, and my word abides in you, ask whatever you wish. Ask, and you will receive. In that day, you will ask in my name. Stop, you say, sitting there in the upper room, interrupting the flow of words of the prayer and the prayer who has continued droning on. Everyone opens their eyes and looks over at you. <laughs> what a rudeness is the look on all faces. And collecting yourself and staring down the stairs of all so looking at you, you ask if you may begin the prayer again, but appropriately this time. No one understands what you mean. Yet they all bow their heads as you lift up your hands. And for the first time, in the history of humanity. On this, the first day of the ascended Jesus sitting there upon his throne again. As you lift your heart unto the glory, the reality of that posture of his, <laughs> you speak the words that have never ceased to be spoken since, and you are the first one to ever pray them. Jesus, <laughs> it's us. <laughs> 